Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, it is a Tuesday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast, and we are breaking down Sunday's win over the Seahawks from a different angle than we did on Monday's show. But first, do want to tell you guys about the Locked On NFL Draft podcast. It relaunched on Monday with brand new host. You have Eric Crocker, who brings you the player scouting aspect. And then you have my guy, Ryan Tracy, bringing you the analytical side of things. Make sure that you follow the Locked On NFL Draft podcast on YouTube, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcast. On Monday's show, we talked about the Titans' victory over the Seahawks from a philosophical standpoint, from a schematic standpoint. To a point, we just talked about the brass tacks of the football. Well, today, I want to take a little bit of a different angle on the Titans' comeback overtime thrilling victory. I want to look at it by the number. So pull out your calculators, Titans fans. We're getting extra nerdy on this Tuesday edition of the Locked on Titans podcast. We are going to look at television ratings. We are going to look at long-time franchise records that the Titans altered. We are going to look at franchise records that were altered for the Seahawks as well. But it's not just from a team perspective. We are going to look at individual performances by the numbers as well. We're going to use player grades. We're going to use targets, completions, yards. Look at all of the different aspects of this game, but by the numbers. Then we do have to talk about some roster moves the Titans made. We got some quotes from Mike Vrabel on Monday that I thought were very interesting. But first, We are going to talk about all of the crazy records and all of the crazy statistics that came out of the Titans' win over the Seahawks on Sunday. So a nerdy Tuesday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. Let's get it! You are Locked On Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. Let's go, Titans fans. It is a Tuesday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. We are breaking down all of the crazy statistics and all the wild numbers coming out of the Titans' crazy win over the Seahawks on Sunday. Before we get into that, do want to remind you guys, I am going to be putting out daily, Monday through Friday, Tennessee Titans content here on the Locked On Titans podcast and on the Locked On Titans YouTube channel, not only during the regular season, but all year long. Make sure that you never miss an episode of the number one Tennessee Titans podcast in the world by subscribing to the Locked On Titans podcast on whatever platform you do stream. Remember, like I said, subscribe to the Locked On Titans YouTube channel. Smash that notification bell so you know when the new content goes live. Check me out on Twitter, at Tic Tac Titans. I put up a ton, literally a ton, of fantastic film clips explaining how the Titans won that game out on the field on my Twitter. Again, that's at Tic Tac Titans. You have to follow me there. And check out the show Facebook page at Locked On Titans Pod as well. Rate, review, five stars, always appreciated. Let's dive into some of these numbers, and we are going to start from a big picture standpoint here. Some team items that I want to get into. And number one, the sadness of the Seattle Seahawks. The Seattle Seahawks, as a franchise, had gone 52-0 and when leading by 15 points at home. Well, folks, they are now 
two, and one. They will remember the Titans. Sorry, that's very corny, but I had to throw it in there. Also, Pete Carroll was 11-0 in home openers during his time coaching the Seattle Seahawks. Well, guess what, Pete? You're 11-1 and one now. So the Titans disrupted some good things that the Seahawks had going on. Not only that, but the Titans continue to impress. This is the sixth consecutive overtime victory for the Titans, a streak that started back in 2015. They're also 4-0 and under Mike Vrabel. And speaking of Mike Vrabel, Mike Vrabel is now 8-0 as head coach of the Titans following a double-digit loss. Basically, the Titans under Mike Vrabel will not lay two eggs back-to-back. So a great streak for Mike Vrabel. Also, do want to mention here that the Titans, as a franchise, had lost 62 straight games when down by 14 points in the fourth quarter. That streak is now over. That is over. Another big one for the Titans. 33 first downs in the game against the Seahawks. That is the most in the Titans era of the franchise. So absolutely incredible stuff there for the Titans. Also want to mention, this is a little off the beaten path, but Sunday's game was the best television rating the Titans have gotten in the Nashville market in a September game in over 10 years, an entire decade since a September Tennessee Titans game performed so well on television. Just uh, all positive stuff all the way around, and that's a big move for the Titans. We talked last week about how one of the biggest Titan downs of week one was how the Titans let the fan base down after there has been basically as much hype as we have seen for a Titans season and a Titans team in a long, long time. So to come out and lay an egg like that at home in week one really did some damage to the fan base. But with a large portion of the home market watching this game, the biggest portion in over a decade, I think that this kind of win can kind of reel the fan base back in a little bit and and take away from some of the uh, some of the nastiness, the nasty taste left in the mouth of Titans fans from last week. So it wasn't just fans, it was the team as well that got over that terrible loss moving on with just one of the most incredible victories for the Titans probably since they moved to Nashville, at least one of the most exciting victories for the Titans for sure. There are some other incredible numbers that I do want to get into with you guys that are on the individual side of things. Some big milestones for Derrick Henry, a big milestone for Julio Jones as well, but we're also going to talk some uh, pro football focused player grades as well. An entire deep dive into the individual performances from a statistical standpoint in our second segment on today's show. But before we move on to that, do want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. BetOnline is back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron this fall as the football season starts again. And betonline.ag is your number one place to bet all your pro and college football action. They have an updated site with a brand new interface, which means they have even more odds, props, and contests than ever before. So head to their website today, and when you sign up, sign up with promo code Locked On. That's one word, Locked On, and you'll get a 100% welcome bonus 
when you make your first deposit. So that's betonline.ag, promo code locked on for a 100% welcome bonus. They're literally giving you free money at BetOnline. That's BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. We are going to continue this Tuesday edition of the Locked on Titans podcast. Hope you guys still have your calculators out. Hope you have your glasses taped. I probably should have done a little bit more prop-wise with these glasses, I guess. But either way, I hope you guys are ready to go and dive into the individual statistics that really popped out for me. And number one, we have to talk about Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is now only the fourth player all time in the history of the NFL to have over 10 or 10 or more 150-yard games that also came with two rushing touchdowns. So, Jim Brown has 13 such games. Games with 150 yards rushing and two rushing touchdowns. 13 games for Jim Brown, who in my opinion is the best running back in NFL history. LaDainian Tomlinson, who was my favorite running back for my... Teenage years, after Eddie George, then came LT. For me, he had 12 of those games. Barry Sanders has 10 of those games, and now Derrick Henry also has 10 of those games. So only four running backs in NFL history have double-digit games where they had 150 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns. Derrick Henry in elite company. But that's not it. Derrick Henry has seven 60-yard touchdown runs in his career. That's the fourth most all-time. Adrian Peterson is first with 15. Jim Brown, once again, has 10 60-yard touchdown runs in his career. So Derrick Henry would pass Jim Brown if he's able to get four more of those this season. So incredible statistics from Henry, but that's not it. Wanted to point this out. Not some major all-time record, but out of Derrick Henry's 182 rushing yards, 160 came after contact. That is unbelievable stuff from Derrick Henry. That's why he is the king. Also, Julio Jones, who really carried the Titans in the first half, after going for 120-plus yards on Sunday, that officially put him past 13,000 career receiving yards. He is the fastest player in NFL history to eclipse 13,000 receiving yards. Just absolutely one of the best players of all time. And those who tried to write Julio Jones off because of the injury last year, well, they are going to eat their crow and they are going to eat it soon. But that's not it. I want to dive into some player grades here from Pro Football Focus, some other things that popped up. The good, the good stuff here. Tighten ups, if you will. Ryan Tannehill had the best grade of any Tennessee Titan on Sunday at 92.6. He was amazing. And another fourth quarter comeback and another game-winning drive for Ryan Tannehill. Derrick Henry, the second-best Titan per pro football focus. But what I want to point out is his pass-blocking grade, which was an 80.7. Derrick Henry has struggled throughout his career with pass protection. A really good day for him in that aspect. And that was one of the keys to me, one of the key individual matchups, was the Titans running backs and pass protection against Jamal Adams and Derrick Henry did a great job there. David Questenberry has been really good the first two weeks of the season overall. He had a 79.5 overall grade. That was the third best offensive grade for the Titans, but an 84.5 in pass blocking. 
Glessenberry really had a very good day at right tackle. Michael Pruitt may be one of my big MVPs of the day. He had the fifth best pro football focus grade, 72.5 on offense, at least for the Titans, the fifth best on offense. But man, he had some great catches, had three catches on the day for about 40 yards slipping out. He had some incredible blocks as well. On the game-tying touchdown, he blocked two guys on the goal line pushed the defensive lineman down and pushed him away and then climbed up to the second level and got the linebacker opening the hole for Derrick Henry and then keeping the hole keeping keeping the hole open for Derrick Henry a great day for Michael Pruitt especially when some other tight ends struggled mightily Ty Sambrillo had his struggles in run blocking but a 79 in pass blocking he really did a good job and he got some help too from the chips with the running backs and the tight ends but being thrown into the starting lineup right before kickoff, a great job from Ty Sambrillo. Nate Davis, overall a solid bounce-back game after having a rough stretch in Game 1. A 68.4 grade, 67.8 in pass blocking, 65.4 in run blocking. Remember, these grades are out of 100, so a solid day there from Nate Davis. Moving to defense, Christian Fulton has to be the number one conversation. He held DK Metcalf to only one catch for eight yards and five targets completely locked him up. So a great day from Christian Fulton. Now his pro football focus grade was down in the 50s, but it's because they did fault him for the blown coverage in the fourth quarter. And quite, quite frankly, I do as well. So I get how that happened. But overall, a great day for Christian Fulton, who, like I said, locked up DK Metcalf and put him in the torture chamber. Metcalf was terrible on the day, not only against the Titans, but as a teammate for the Seahawks. I'm going to highlight that later in the week on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans. Chris Jackson, a guy who I've given a lot of crap throughout his career, had the third best pro football focus grade for the Titans defense at a 75.1. Had some really good tackles in the second half on wide receiver screens. Some good pass coverage as well. Another guy, Dane Crookshank, a 67.9 overall grade, but 71.6 in coverage. His size at six foot one, six foot two. His speed and athleticism makes him a matchup advantage for the Titans if he can stay healthy and stay on the field. A great day. Danico Autry, time to talk about the defensive line. Danico Autry, one and a half sacks, two quarterback hits. Five quarterback hurries. He made a tremendous impact for the Titans after a lackluster debut in week one. Harold Landry didn't get any sacks, but five hurries. He was in the backfield all day and had some really good plays in run defense as well. Jeffrey Simmons, three hurries and a half a sack. He started off very, very solidly beginning the year the first two weeks. And then Tyre Tart had an 80.1 in run defense, an 80.1 grade per pro football focus. Thought Tyre Tart played very, very well in his role for the Titans. Some of the bad stuff here that we have to talk about. Jeff Swaim, just absolutely awful. The lowest graded Tennessee Titan on offense, a 40.1 overall, a 22.4 in pass blocking. And the film matched the grades. He was awful all day. The sack fumble that the Titans had on the goal line was 100% on Jeff Swain, who let his man run right past him and cross his face. I thought he was awful in run blocking. He was awful in pass blocking. The Titans need to get a lot more out of Swain, or they can just go with Pruitt, Tommy Hudson, and Ferkser going forward. Josh Reynolds as well. Absolutely garbage on the day in his season debut. Didn't catch a single pass. 
had a 45.1 overall pro football focus grade, and had a killer penalty in the red zone on first down. You're going in motion. You're not the guy that needs to be on the line of scrimmage. Why would you motion forward to the list? This isn't Canadian football. Josh Reynolds, terrible for the Titans on Sunday. A.J. Brown as well had a bad game. Three bad drops, a 51.7 overall grade. He had a better grade on his defensive snaps with a 60.0. So, A.J. Brown was better on defense for the Titans than he was on offense. That's a little bit of a joke and exaggeration there. But either way, with the three drops, uh, A.J. Brown a bad day. I expect a big bounce-back week for A.J. Brown in Week 3. Uh, ben Jones and Roger Saffold on the interior did struggle. Of course, Saffold, before he went out for the game and Aaron Brewer came in, uh, Ben Jones, 49.3 grade. Roger Saffold, 45.5 grade. Both had their struggles against a good interior defensive line with Puna Ford and Al Woods of the Seattle Seahawks. It makes sense that the Titans started having success when they got Derrick Henry on the perimeter in the second half and ran towards the edges. Another key to the game for me on Friday, not to pat myself on the back, but got to pat myself on the back. I said the Titans needed to attack the perimeter, not attack the interior of the Seahawks' defensive line. And once they started doing that in the second half, tons of success for the Titans on the ground. Elijah Molden really struggled in this game. The rookie played good in the preseason, was okay last week besides the touchdown against Christian Kirk. But early on in this game, he just wasn't up to par. He had a 29.8 overall grade for the day. He gave up two completions on two targets for 68 yards and a touchdown. And they didn't give him a second touchdown, but I thought that you could have made him responsible for the, the touchdown to Tyler Lockett that also went to Bradley McDougal. I just thought Elijah Molden struggled and Chris Jackson Chris Jackson was definitely an upgrade. And then Bradley McDougald in his return to Seattle, they were targeting him early on in this game, had a 43.0 grade, had one target for 50 yards. But again, I thought he could have got some, some of the blame tacked on for that Elijah Molden touchdown as well. They should have shared that touchdown, I guess, in blame. But a tough day for Molden and McDougal, and that's how the Titans basically gave up those long touchdowns early in the game, but that's the individual performances by the numbers. That is the team perspective by the numbers. To cap off today's show, I want to hear some, well, not hear, but talk about and reiterate to you some Mike Vrabel comments from his Monday press conference. And also, there were some roster moves that the Titans made on Monday, at least on the practice squad. We are going to get into those, but before we do, do got to tell you guys about rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business that's been serving online customers for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com right now. Their online catalogs remarkably easy to use. You can quickly see all the different brand specifications that you need. A few easy clicks get you whatever you need delivered directly to your door. So go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck and make sure that you write locked on in the how did you hear about us box right underneath your shipping information. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Also, does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live. You've got another one that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for all the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you there is a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without all the hassle. 
It's a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream. It brings you live TV and on demand together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again, and best of all, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter, get rid of the confusion, and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. We are going to cap off this Tuesday edition of the Locked on Titans podcast. We started by talking about some impressive records and statistics in our first segment. Then we talked about some of the individual numbers and player grades that really stood out from a good and bad perspective in our second segment. Now, I want to hear some quotes from Mike Vrabel and also talk about two Titans roster moves that took place on Monday. Before we get into that, I got to tell you guys about the Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. The Locked On Bets podcast is hitting over 60% of their bets to start the year. You have to check out Locked On Bets, especially if you're using betonline.ag. The best advice in the business is found in the Locked On Bets podcast presented by betonline.ag. Make sure to check that out on whatever platform you do stream your podcast, but let's get into the roster moves for the Titans, and it's just some practice squad moves, but I want to keep you guys up to date, of course. We saw Christian DeLauro, the offensive tackle, who started at left tackle for the Titans throughout the preseason. He got added back to the roster spot. I've been talking about poor Christian DeLauro for quite some time on the practice squad, waved off, on the practice squad, waved off, but now he's back, and I said last time he was waved, for the kicker, Ryan Santoso, that I hope the Titans get him back on the practice squad. I thought he was okay. He was okay in the preseason, and it would be nice to have him as an end-of-the-depth chart option if the Titans continue to suffer injuries at tackle. Now, in turn, the guy who bumped him off the practice squad now gets bumped off the practice squad himself to bring Deloro back, and that is Ryan Santoso. He is going to be out. He is off the practice squad. The Titans are rolling with Randy Bullock at this time. Now, the Titans usually keep two kickers on the the roster in some way, one on the active and one on the practice squad, so maybe they're looking to add somebody new, or maybe they're just getting ready for Sam Ficken to return after this week three game. Remember, Sam Ficken placed on IR. At minimum, he has to be out for three weeks, but after that, the Titans can bring him back, so hopefully this is a good sign for Nashville hot ficking. Moving forward, the quotes from Mike Vrabel that I wanted to talk about. Number one, he just said something about the team that really resonated to me. He said, quote, I can't say enough about that group. They battled. They competed. That's who we are, man. End quote. Vrabel just laying it down there. After six terrible quarters from the Titans, they had to show exactly who they were. And they did. And they did. So I love that quote from Mike Vrabel. I would encourage all of you guys, go to the Tennessee Titans official Twitter account. Go to the Titans YouTube page after you subscribe to the Locked on Titans YouTube page and check out the post-game speech from Mike Vrabel and Derrick Henry. I mean, woo! That's the type of stuff that gets my blood flowing. I'm sure you guys will enjoy that as well. But some other comments 
that Mike Vrabel had to say about some player performances. He talked about Christian Fulton and how well he played. He said this, quote, Christian Fulton has played well. We had high expectations for him heading into the year. His confidence is growing. He made some positive plays for us, end quote. Well, I feel like that's selling Christian Fulton a little bit short. He made some fantastic plays in this game. Just incredible work from Christian Fulton. For the most part, I'm sure Vrabel wanted to couch it because he knows it was Christian's Fulton. Christian Fulton's fault for blowing the coverage in the fourth quarter uh, that resulted in a long touchdown pass to Swain. So, moving forward, though, he did talk about the injuries to Taylor Lewan and Roger Saffold. And basically what he said was that they'll have to see it later in the week. He said, quote, we'll know more about Taylor Lewan and Roger Saffold's status as the Titans move through this Week, So we'll have to see later on. I would suspect that Taylor Lewan is out. Uh, I think that they'll probably move Taylor Lewan to the IR. That's what I'm expecting. And then Roger Saffold, I think he may be able to play, but I got to be honest. I'm pretty confident in Aaron Brewer for one week. I think Aaron Brewer could do just fine against the Colts. Now, it's a tough matchup with their defensive line, DeForest Buckner. You would love to have Roger Saffold back to take on that matchup. But either way, I'm feeling all right about where the Titans' depth is on the offensive line. And speaking of that, Mike Vrabel was very complimentary to the Titans' offensive line. He said the offensive line gave the Titans a chance to win on Sunday. Very complimentary of Aaron Brewer, Ty Sambrillo, for stepping up amid the injury. So good stuff there. And then Mike Vrabel also talked about Dane Crookshank, who deserves a lot of love. I can't wait to get the All-22 film and see exactly how they were using Dane Crookshank within their personnel groupings on defense. But either way, he stepped up in a big way. And Mike Vrabel said this, Dane Crookshank played fast and gave the Titans another element, admitted that there were some mistakes, but did say Dane Crookshank earned more snaps. So love to see that. Crookshank has dealt with a ton of injuries over the last year and a half. If he could stay healthy, I talked about his measurables and as in his athleticism earlier, he's going to be able to help the Titans in a major way on defense from a matchup standpoint. So that is all of the big statistics and records and trends from a team perspective, the individual numbers, and we talked about Mike Vrabel quotes, we talked about practice squad moves, everything you need to know. Tomorrow is going to be a rewatch Wednesday. I'm going to tell you guys all of the schematic stuff that I noticed on tape. And I saw a ton of good stuff that I'm excited to tell you guys about tomorrow. So make sure that you tune in to a rewatch Wednesday. Subscribe to the Locked on Titans podcast on whatever platform you do stream. Crossover Thursday is coming on Thursday, of course. Going to cross over with Evan Sidery from Locked on Colts. And I know a lot of you guys who have been listening to the podcast for a while have some strong feelings about Evan and the things that he says during the crossover podcast. So you're not going to want to miss that. Friday, going to be a game preview Friday. I will tell you guys this. I'm going to let you guys know as early as possible. I'm going to let you know on tomorrow's show as well. Unfortunately, I've experienced um, a death in the family due to COVID-19. Very significant in my family as well. Um, Very sad. Uh, Don't want to talk about it too much because I try to keep myself uh, together on the show. But the reality here is... Uh, I'm not going to be able to record on Thursday night because of the proceedings that do follow any kind of death like that. Um, So I'm going to be busy on Thursday night, and I am going to uh, record on Friday afternoon uh, the game preview 
and um, Friday night special. I'll move to Saturday night where we recap kind of the injuries and everything like that. But uh, uh, either way, guys, it's a, a tough time uh, for my family. And uh, I hope you guys understand the change in the content schedule. But either way, uh, don't really, not a really a religious guy. I know a lot of you guys have been following the show know that, but any positive vibes, um, positive thoughts, anything like that, you could send my family's way. I uh, definitely do appreciate it. So um, before I kind of lose my bearings here, uh, I will sign off. Thank you guys all so much. Uh, setting records every day on the Locked on Titans podcast. I'm so grateful for the opportunity and grateful for you all. Love you guys. But that's going to do it for me today. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titans.